On this episode of the Dingo Show, brought to you by the Quick Takes Podcast Network, me, Dingo, and Tag start off the episode by getting into some of the listeners sent in questions via quick.takes on Instagram. If you want to get involved in the show, make sure to send us in those voice memos on our Instagram page. We get into the freezing cold takes of the week. I scour the internet and look for some. Also, if you find some hilarious ones, make sure to also send it in at quick.takes on Instagram. The Quick.Take studio is pleased to announce we have the sole rights over the NBA snitch line. That is correct. We have the transcripts to every single conversation. So me, Dingo, and Tig read off some of the best ones that we heard for the last couple of weeks that they've been inside the bubble. Then we finish off the episodes with the Hoops Top Scoops Dingo edition of cliche things you hear players slash coaches say to the media during the press conferences after or before a game. And that is our episode for this Dingo show. So buckle up. Here we go. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Dingo Show. Once again, I'm Dingo, joined by our two co-hosts, Ty O'Leary and Cole. Hello guys, how's it going? Howdy, Dingo. Doing good. All right, look, we got a lot to get into today. Um, so let's start with the opening take brought to you again by Quick Takes. Ty and Cole, I was watching a lot of MLB baseball games uh, this past weekend. Seemed like some good content on the field. However, I noticed a couple of things that maybe we could dive into here. One big thing is that the MLB players, based on these kind of wacky Zoom interviews that they're doing in the middle of the game, Mm -hmm. uh, they don't seem to care too much about the overall health of the league, the survival of the league after them, or about the fans of the actual game. Most notably, I'm talking about Anthony Rizzo's one interview uh, in the Cubs versus White Sox game, where they're just prodding him to say something about the fans. They go to him, uh, hey, Anthony, what uh, what are your thoughts about, you know, playing in this situation. It's definitely a unique environment. How is it playing? He's like, nope, same old ball game for me. Just playing <laughs> out here, the same thing. Nothing's changed. Everything's about the same. And they're like, oh, well, what about the fans? And he's like, nah, it doesn't really make too much a difference to me. Just out here playing the game, doing the things the right way. Mm. I don't know if he was – he actually said that deep, kind of reading through the line, between the lines a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I think a lot of these baseball players – and owners really are kind of trying to fight back to get in the good graces of a lot of their fans. And I think it would do them some good to kind of, uh, I don't know, improve the image a little bit here. And it, it really has not yet worked. Well, Dingo, let me stop you right there. The biggest problem with baseball is that they're completely unaware and they're oblivious. We've known that for about 10 years now. So does it come at any surprise that they don't know what feeds them? Does it come at any surprise that fan engagement is what feeds their huge paychecks? No, it doesn't surprise me one bit. Yeah, going off that too, it it it's surprising that Rizzo would say that uh, like it, it's not an influence on the the current games because the Cubs have their fan base, especially after winning in 2016, their fan base has become like one of the the biggest in the nation. Like, mm-hmm. um, I imagine playing at Wrigley Field during normal circumstances wouldn't be something that opposing pitchers or opposing teams want to be doing much. So yeah, I I, I was I was surprised by Rizzo's comments on that. Um, We'll have to see how, how the Cubs do uh, come, come game time on Thursday and Friday. And again, you know, this, it was mostly just us reading between the lines. You, didn't, you know, he's not bashing the fans or doing anything like that. 
and I think he's probably trying to pay give a little nod to how like you know the league has done a lot of work to make it seem like a normal experience for the players. But I think not having the fans there is really a, a you know it's it's going to be like Tig said for teams like that it's going to be a big difference. If you go to the Tropicana, the Trop down in uh, Tampa Bay, there's no difference. I I could understand that. <laughs> But if you go to Wrigley Field, I thought there'd be a real difference. Look, these fans at the end of the day are uh, paying their checks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, Cole, that's our opening take. Quick takes again. We're flying through this. Got a lot to get into today in the Dingo Show. Uh, let's get into the questions. And again, these questions, as Cole's always said, and I will repeat, you can submit audio messages to us on quick.takes uh, through direct message and uh, get yourselves on the show. So, uh, Cole, let's run them. Uh... I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> hey, Dingo, did you watch any of the MLB games on ESPN recently? Thoughts? Yeah, so this leads in well to uh, our opening take to kick off the show. But look, yeah, I did watch a lot of the games. And uh, really the biggest drawback to me, uh, even though the product on the field was good and I enjoyed watching the games and they were good games, was that uh, the broadcasting kind of stunk mm. on ESPN. And, Agreed, yeah. Yeah, normally, you know, I love watching the local games anyway to begin with, but Chipper Jones really stood out to me as, as being just <laughs> awful. Uh, I don't know. He, he needs a nap clearly before the next game or, or something maybe uh, to wake him up. It took him 45 minutes to ask each question. For some reason they had him and the other guys on, on the sidebar of the screen. Like you wanted to see those guys talk as you watch the game, which I, no one really wants to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh I don't know. Chipper wasn't all that chipper. Tig, Cole? I, I could not agree more. Like, there was one point where it sounded like the, there was a little tension in the, in the booth, or the, the virtual booth, I guess. Uh-oh. Now. The, I forget the, the, head, the head commentator. There they, for, exactly. Instantly forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> not, not too rememberable there. But, uh, was it Matt Vaskersian? <laughs> it was not Matt Vaskersian representing the uh, MLB The Show since MLB 06. Uh, I don't know what that was. You Psycho? <laughs> yeah, but um, Chipper was not very chipper in the booth. Yuck. Uh, there was one point where uh, there was a little bit of tension between him and the, the lead guy there, and he was like, yeah, you see this behind me here? Yeah, that's my National League MVP. And it's like, okay, Chipper. Like, no one was asking about that. We see it clearly. Yeah, and it <laughs> took him 45 minutes to say those five words that you just said. <laughs> mm. Hey, you see this behind me? Yeah, case in point, don't do chewing tobacco. Next question. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> Hello, Dingo. Do you like that there's no fans? Or would you like sound pumped in? <laughs> I know Tig's got a good point on this, Tig. Do you want to lead this off in the age-old debate of 2020? Sound pumped in for fans or the fans left on mute? It'll be my pleasure. I, I was watching uh, some Premier League soccer this weekend, and there there was sound pumped in, and I was like, "This this is kind of strange." And then in the nightcap, I was watching one of the games on ESPN, uh, the MLB games, and there was no sound. And I was uh, I was on the other side of the coin there. I was like, "This isn't this isn't it either." So <laughs> I, I I'm thinking that um, at least some sort of sound would be good uh, just to get some atmosphere in the stadiums. Uh, like we were saying before, I imagine it'll be pretty dead in there. Uh, Cole, you have thoughts on this? Yeah, so the interesting factor of it is that you lose the dynamic nature of fans actually being in the stands, right? 
I mean, just ask the uh, Atlanta Falcons. When you pump in noise into the stadium, people will know when that's happening. And it, when it's blatantly obvious and they're trying to capitalize on it, like in the Premier League, it, it just sounds fake. It sounds unorganic. And it's just not good. It's like if you've ever seen an electronic motorcycle, a lot of them put on a, like a little sound box in the back that just makes the sound of a motorcycle. And it just sounds very cartoonish and very weird. <laughs> yes, yeah, it just sounds like someone doing like something weird. Because like that's one of the big safety features is why motorcycles have such a loud exhaust is so you can actually hear them coming because they're a lot harder to see, obviously. But that's another point. What my point I'm trying to make is that there needs to be a, a place that there can be fan engagement in the stadium or you just completely scrap it, right? You can't just find a hybrid system. It's been proven not to work. So what the Red Sox have done, which is very interesting, is that they've um, put huge cardboard cutouts of people's faces in the stands and it's $500 a pop and it's uh, going to charity, which is, which is it's good on them. But so far, the only... Um, faces are in the green monster right now and if you hit a home run and it hits that person's face in the greens monster then you get um two tickets for uh next year to sit in the green monster and you get that ball back and signed by the player who hit it so that's uh, an interesting wow. little tidbit there uh yeah i was reading that in the boston globe today so that's an interesting format of fan engagement and that's just one example of something that doesn't need to be just sound pumped in, but it also can be um, just thinking outside the box, right? Um, from an interesting standpoint here, a lot of people have been putting um, photos, not of themselves, but just pranking their friends because like a lot of teams around the league have been doing that. <laughs> so, it's, it's, so it's been getting into some weird instances there. It's, it's pretty funny. So I, one time um, they got, um, I forget the player that tragically left the Diamondbacks and, uh, and then the person put that person's like cut out of the player that left in the in the left field wall or something like that. Like, so it's pretty funny, like instances where like the marketing department clearly doesn't have a feel on unlike uh, some faces that just shouldn't be put in the crowd. Well, man, that is interesting. One thing that I had a question about was if they're still going to be doing things like the, uh, the organist still plays or if they'll still play like the um, or like any of these like kind of like silly things or if like the uh, Indians will still have the drummer in the outfield or so, will they still have walk-up music I, I really hope they don't still be at the games yes yeah all interesting questions that we'll have to stay tuned for I guess mm -hmm. what about the seventh inning stretch everyone overlooked that are they still going to be stretching in there I mean I don't think the cutouts can do much stretching that's just me <laughs> Yeah, Dingo, what happens if I can't listen to Sweet Caroline in the seventh inning? <laughs> eighth inning. Eighth Five inning. Eighth. All right, hey. All right, leading into the next segment here, we're going to be getting into some cold takes. Uh, let me lead you off with uh, an interesting one that I found online uh, today. It goes back to Entrepreneur um, Magazine. It's a quarterly magazine at that. Scientists say they can recreate living dinosaurs within the next five years. Uh, this was 6-16-2015. So to say they're a little bit over, well, they're about a month over um, expectation. But you know what? I'm holding on to August. Maybe, maybe another development can happen. Look, so again, this if you're new to the show, this segment is the Cole's Cold Takes mm -hmm. segment where he reads different takes that have been posted on the internet over the years. And we expose them for being either very true, which most are, mm -hmm. or very off. Mm. Obviously, I'd say this one's off, but one person who I know is a dinosaur expert is Ty. Yeah, I, I have to disagree with this. Um, 
Cole, you said this was from a tweet from 2015, is that right? Yeah, 2015. I think that this is perhaps the coldest take I have heard in recent memory. Hmm. Everyone knows that the Toronto Raptors were founded in 1995. So this yep. guy is 20 years off with his calculations. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this is just unheard of. It's unacceptable, frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. Close the book, Cole. Next take. <laughs> All right. The next take here is by Rob Nightingale. This is his string of tweets that he had in a two-hour span. Here's the first one. Rob Manford now expects to implement a season. One hour later. MLB Commissioner Rob Manford has no plans to implement a season tonight or even tomorrow. 11 minutes after that, there will definitely be a 60-game season. 40 minutes after that, or sorry, excuse me, 50 minutes after that, the MLB has decided to play a 60-game season if the union agrees to have their players report by July 1st. And they agree on the safety and health protocols in their uh, operating manuals. MLB wants a decision by 5 p.m. Tuesday. So... I got to give credit where credit is due. Rob Nightingale stepped up to the plate and completely just went past his old take and uh, committed to the news as it came by. So just don't shoot the messenger. That's what I'm getting out of this one. Look, any good athlete, anybody in the public uh, circle knows that it's just as important what you tweet as it is what you delete. Mm. (laughs) So he clearly left a paper trail there that he could go back and delete any one of those tweets, or in his case, several of those, and be looked at as being way ahead of the curve and way accurate. So a funny little tidbit on this one here. Um, His first tweet got 700 likes. The tweet after that, where he made the claim that there's going to be no season tonight, uh, got almost 2,000 likes and over 600 comments. So people were definitely bashing him on that cold take, but give credit where credit is due. Rob Nightingale did not cower in fear. He left that tweet up because he knew he was wrong. And he's like Tom Petty. He didn't back down. Nope. It's a great song. I would almost say that it's better than free falling. And to me, it's pretty obvious LeBron James is going to be a sixer next year. I don't see any other way around it. Okay, this is before LeBron James went to the Lakers. And Skip Bayless did what he does best, and that is producing freezing cold takes. Now, to take uh, Skip Bayless's side in this, he spends a lot of time on air. And every once in a while, you're going you're gonna to miss the target. And to say he missed the target is completely wrong. He didn't even load the gun correctly. I don't know why anyone would think that LeBron would go to Philly, but he was completely off the mark with that take. What year was that tweet or that comment so it was right after his expired uh cleveland deal so was that 2018 yeah something like that i think so yeah mm-hmm. at the time cole there was a hit show uh that lebron was producing mm. about ben simmons life as a kid do you remember this there's a cartoon show that he was going to be producing oh yes so skip bayless clearly read into that and said look he needs to be near his star client ben simmons mm-hmm. and he couldn't see any way around it Mm-hmm. As he said, could not see any way around it. Here's a way around it, though, that he was not, you know, obviously, honesty. He couldn't have seen. LeBron had to head to Hollywood to learn how to produce this show mm. better. About sure, yeah. Well, so- also, take this take a little bit deeper. <laughs> One of the reasons um, Magic Johnson cited to leave his job was because he wanted to coach up players like Ben Simmons without being reprimanded by the league. So maybe LeBron went over there to do a two-way deal. One, so he could solidify that show 
and two, so he could help out Ben Simmons even more by getting Magic Johnson fired and having him fully commit to coaching Ben Simmons. And I can't see any way around that. Mm -hmm. So what I'm getting out of this is Ben Simmons is going to L.A. next year. Is that right? Well, if he, I, he has a massive extension, so I don't see that happening. I don't see any way around it. But, but <laughs> that's on me because I just can't see the trade developing right now. So I'm going to hold it against myself, that one. Yeah, that sorry for cool. that last one there. All right, so big development here at Quick Takes. Uh, we worked closely with the NBA, and we couldn't get anyone actually inside the bubble, but we worked out in contract that we have all the tra um, voicemail transactions from the NBA snitch line. So it's been coined the snitch line, but really it's just the line um, for players to use if they see something out of order, right? So if you're riding the MBTA, if, if, if you see something, say something, it's that type of thing. So anyways, we got the transcripts here, and we just want to read through them. So Ty, right. what's the first one here? So the first one in here is from uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, it says, Joel Embiid called on uh, July 14th at approximately 10.37 p.m. I believe that was Eastern Standard. And he was, he, he was calling to report uh, that Ben Simmons was not taking, taking the uh, COVID precautions seriously. Mm -hmm. And he was not, not, obeying, uh, not obeying the curfew as well. So that's what Joel Embiid is reporting on. Um, then we have one from uh, July 14th at 10.47 from Ben Simmons. And he is reporting on Joel Embiid. And he's saying that Joel Embiid was not, uh, not taking the precaution seriously. And then finally, we have one from July 14th at 11.22 p.m. And this is from Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And they were both reporting that uh, Brent Brown was not taking the, the COVID precaution seriously. And they were seeing him uh, trying to pop the bubble, in fact, and trying to break out of the bubble. So mm -hmm. yeah, this is big news coming from the bubble. Um, what's the next transcript we got here? Yeah, so the next transcript I got here comes actually a day later, July 15th at uh, 4.01 in the morning. Uh, J.R. Smith calls. He says, hey, this is J.R. Smith. I'm actually just looking to report on J.R. Smith. Hmm. I think he should be kicked out of the bubble. He was seen out early this morning riding the rides at Disney. Again, now this is interesting. At 11.55 in the morning, several hours later, Mm -hmm. Hey, this is JR calling back. I called last night when in reality I actually called earlier that day. <laughs> and you may not be able to understand my message or not, but uh, you can just ignore it. Uh, my coach let me know that I actually don't have to snitch on myself and that I still have to be here. So please <laughs> never mind that last message. Okay, that's, that's what I got from uh, that one. And, and Ty, are you looking at this one on the bottom of the list from Brad Stevens? You see that one? Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing this one from Brad Stevens. I, I saw that it was uh, looks like it was July 17th. This one was from Brad. Um, Brad left the voicemail and he said, uh, "Let me just read this right here. Uh, this is not a snitch, rather a proof of life requests." Uh, Gordon Hayward measured in five inches shorter. He has a, a a bad slouch in his neck. His eyes are bloodshot and his thumbs are extremely swollen. Can someone please connect, uh, disconnect rather the video games from his room and end, end transactions? So it looks like Brad Stevens is concerned for one of his uh, high, highest played players here. So, yeah, uh, and I'd say this 
we're, we're running up against it here, but I will say this, the remaining calls on, you know, the uh, NBA snitch line transcript that Cole is able to pull for us is about 55 other calls mm. all from Chris Paul uh, just calling in on other players. But there, there's actually one that you're forgetting here. It's at the very bottom. It's, it's mixed in with some of the Chris Paul calls here. And it's oh. strangely by an assistant coach. It's uh, Jason Kidd. He, um, he called in and snitched on one Patrick Beverly for – actually, wait. No, he didn't snitch on Patrick Beverly. He said he heard from Patrick Beverly. Don't know why Jason Kidd was talking to Patrick Beverly, but it was on Rajon Rondo uh, waiting the uh, cornhole uh, bags so Jason Kidd would not win in um, a fun cornhole game. And he cited that he could have tampered with – the, the bean bags in a certain way that could contaminate them in a, and in, in spread COVID-19. So that is an interesting call there by Jason. Wow. Kidd. What a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. I, I, I going off of that, I see another message here from uh, looks like a cliff Paul. And it was saying that, yeah, Jason Kidd, he's been, he's been tampering with the, uh, the bean bags they use for the cornhole tournaments. And I heard that uh, Jason Kidd's even developed a, a system using trash cans hmm. to, to get the, the get the leg up there on the on the cornhole. That's so. such a unique way of thinking. I haven't thought of anyone in sports that's been doing that recently. Yeah, I can't put put a finger on it either. <laughs> and Jason Kidd, of all people, such an honorable coach, and deserves a head coaching position in this league for no other reason other than the fact that he played point guard for a little bit. Mm-hmm. To finish off the podcast here, we're going to be doing the hoops top scoops of cliche things said at press conferences. This is the time that you hear the coach take the podium and just kind of weasel his way out of the press conference by using a very loud voice, but saying the same thing over and over again for every single question. Or he could pull a bell check and just mumble the whole time and you not really know what he said. So it's those cliche terms, those cliche words that you find its way into the press conference that we are gonna be doing the hoops top scoops for. So leading this off, um, I'd say one of the uh, one of the things you hear most, especially in hockey press conferences with the coach after the game, is uh, you know we our, our boys they just weren't getting the pucks deep tonight. You know they weren't grinding bodies down along the boards. You know they weren't they weren't working tonight. You know uh, we're gonna we're gonna work on it tomorrow. Back at it, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna grind this. You know it's a long season. You know eighty two games. Mm-hmm. You know it, it, it's not something that happens overnight. It's, you know it's a it's a long grind to get to the Stanley Cup this year, and that's what we want to do. Yeah, that's a great one, Tig. And to add into that, it's usually uh, is added in there, and every two seconds there, so you could say, um, you know, we got, <clears throat> you know, we have a morning skate tomorrow. I'm just gonna be going through the motions here, maybe switch up a few few lines, uh, tighten up the shifts here and there. I mean, we had the guys running about 38 seconds. Maybe that's a little bit too short. Stretch them up to maybe 42, 45. Um, we got a tough stretch here, you know, um, six games in uh, uh, eight days, you know, between Calgary and Edmonton and, and then Winnipeg. And so it's a lot of, lot of, lot of tough-nosed teams in there. It's no easy night in hockey, you know. So, uh, so uh, we'll just be hitting morning skate and make sure we uh, get the pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. All right, so is it my pick now? Yes. I, I'd say my pick would be I'm going to go to another sport. I'm going to say college football. I'm going to say end of the season team did not make a bowl game, but yet the coach gets up on the post game presser and says, you know what? We're a family. That's all that counts. 
we are a family dropped at least five times in every college football coach's press conference career. Next pick. Yeah, so mine is going to be the uh, pitcher that got shelled in the game, and then he decides to blame it on everything but his own mechanics and his own uh, his own self. He said, well, you know, we went up against a lot of hot bats tonight. Um, I just uh, sometimes uh, just not what it's supposed to be. Sounds um, eerily like David Price then. Well, yeah, I don't know where I got that from, but I, I think he's the, the biggest. Yeah, too. It sounded pretty depressing, too, honestly. I mean, I... You know, Ty, what's your uh, second pick here? Uh, my second pick, uh, simple three words, on to Cincinnati. That's, that's my second pick. <laughs> All right, my next pick uh, would have to be, again, sticking with the football theme, going away from college. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do this in college, but it happens a lot in the NFL. The senseless ad drop in the, pre, in the post-game press conference. Mm. For example – Peyton Manning, I'm going to sit down and have Bud Light after this win. <laughs> or the old, uh, you know, we won because of Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I'd really like to thank Traveler's Insurance for helping me get my car here in time. And also, I'd like to thank SeatGeek for allowing my family to sit into the stands. And in fact, if you want to save $40 on your next purchase, use promo code Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> my, my pick is going to be. Um... It's going to be the guy that got angry at the person asking the questions. So he's going to throw the question back at the person answering, uh, asking it. So it's just like, what do you feel after that game? Well, how do you think I'd feel? Well, I need something to write down. I know. And then they just move on to the next thing. He just throws every single question back to him. That's a good one. I, I think my, my third pick here is uh, I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> and – Followed by uh, pouring a bag of Skittles into your hand and eating the whole bag. It's an iconic moment. Arshon Lynch, post-game press conference, all-star. I'd say my third and final pick would have to be the um, uh, lingo guy, Mm. where he likes to use a lot of – this kind of is similar to what you guys are saying about the hockey guy, but this is a lot of uh, lingo guys. So um, example would be for baseball, you'd say – you know, we couldn't get enough ducks on the pond in order to go yard and, and uh, lay the lumber down on the other teams, opposing off-speed, breaking ball away from the outside zone, left field pinch hitter. <laughs> and uh, that would be what he'd say, and he has no idea, nor does the person interviewing uh, what he just said. Also, honorable mention real quick, the uh, coach describing an injured player. Yeah. Yep. Um, could be, you know, very vague. An interviewer may ask, hey, how's Brad Marchand doing after that puck went inside of his mouth and all his teeth fell out? And he'd be saying, look, he's got to be ready to go tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin's very good at that. He prides himself in describing the injuries. Uh, My last pick is going to be from racing. doesn't matter if it's F1, NASCAR, um, MotoGP. Cross country. Yeah, cross country racing. It's... It's always, well, the tires just, you know, the surface, you know, they're, they're, they're blaming the mechanics that that's a very popular one in that sport, even though it does come down to that a lot. It's a great way to dodge some questionable decisions and some questionable driving. Always a bad idea to blame the mechanic. You know, <laughs> I, I wonder what the, uh, the record is after uh, the race, after he blames the mechanic. I, I, I don't assume it's good. 
<laughs> uh, going off of that, my honorable mention for today uh, is 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 racing as well. Um, I got to go with the, uh, the the milk gallon of milk poured over poured over the guy's head after he wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hope he's not lactose intolerant, but anyway, that's that doesn't seem like a good use of milk. Um, milk was a bad choice. Yep. <laughs> All right, and with that. You've listened to another episode of the Dingo Show. Again, I'm Dingo, joined by Ty and Cole. Thanks again for tuning in, and uh, we hope to catch you guys next week. Also, really hoping that sports will come back and we can get into more of that stuff. So, uh, again, thanks, guys. Catch you on the flippity flip. On this episode of the Dingo Show, brought to you by the Quick Takes Podcast Network, me, Dingo, and Ty start off the episode by getting into some of the listeners sent in questions via quick.takes on Instagram. If you want to get involved in the show, make sure to send us in those voice memos on our Instagram page. We get into the freezing cold takes of the week. I scour the internet and look for some. Also, if you find some hilarious ones, make sure to also send it in at quick.takes on Instagram. The Quick.Take studio is pleased to announce we have the sole rights over the NBA snitch line. That is correct. We have the transcripts to every single conversation. So me, Dingo, and Ty read off some of the best ones that we heard for the last couple of weeks that they've been inside the bubble. Then we finish off the episodes with the Hoops Top Scoops Dingo edition of cliche things you hear players slash coaches say to the media during the press conferences after or before a game. And that is our episode for this Dingo show. So buckle up. Here we go.